Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Michigan has some of the most beautiful stretches of nature on this planet. There is no doubt. But what's the cost of keeping things clean? We all benefit from the beautiful environment in Michigan, but it comes at a cost. Let's just be realistic about things. I'm not saying it's not worth it. I'm just saying, you know, it's not free. The bottle law is part of that. Michigan's bottle deposit law is almost 50 years old. Does it need updating, or should we just do away with it? This is The Daily J. I'm Zach Clark. We talk about intrinsically Michigan things a lot on this podcast. We just did an episode about Euchre, for example. How about having a bottle return law? Michigan is one of only nine states to have such a law. For each individual container of beer, canned cocktails, pop, and carbonated water, you will pay a 10-cent deposit. So my 12-pack of Diet Squirt is always a buck 20 above retail price as a result. Now, that deposit is returned to you if you return the can to the original point of sale. And for a long time, this system worked really well. But things have changed. During COVID, the deposit rooms were shut down for a three- or four-month period or so. What we've seen post-COVID is people maybe got comfortable just putting that in the recycling bin and almost absorbing that deposit now as a tax. Our deposit return rate for the first 30 years of the program was up around 98%. The last three years, it's been around 74 point something percent. So a very significant drop. And I think when the state looks at it, when state government looks at it, they kind of like it when it fails because the way we've set it up is the dimes that don't go back in the Michigander's pocketbook, 75% or 7.5 cents of that dime goes to the state of Michigan, where it's used to fund staff that oversee brownfield cleanup. So the state, when that return rate was so high the first 30 years, was averaging $13 million a year. The last few years, I mean, it's upward of $75 million. That right there is Derek Bajima. He's the president of the Michigan Soft Drink Association. Derek and his group say the bottle deposit is not working anymore. Derek mentioned that 75-25 split. The 25% left over from the state's take does go back to the retailers. But let's back things up a second. How did we get here? The next voice you'll hear belongs to Dr. Ben Bushong. He's an economics professor at Michigan State University. And Ben says this came from we the people. This bottle deposit, it's a tax, but it's also an incredibly powerful motivator. And I think there's a little bit of added subtlety to this story in Michigan. Keep in mind, voters in Michigan, in fact, passed the bottle bill. And so there is some demand for restricting their own behavior, in fact. There's an idea somehow that if you leave this up to me, I might not do this on my own. But if you give me a little bit of incentive, then I might do it. And so, in fact, voters were sophisticated enough to understand that perhaps binding themselves by requiring this payment may be helpful. And I'll point out, the bottle bill, if you converted that to 
modern day by inflating the 10 cents, that would be about a 52 cent deposit today. So this was a fairly strong incentive per can at the time. Is this the best way to do things? Well, Ben says when it comes to motivating factors, there is one thing and one thing only that will make people respond. Can you talk to me about money as a motivator? I mean, we all have a job. You have one. I have one. It's why we're having a conversation today. And we do that job for a paycheck. And so clearly as a motivator, money can be powerful. Money is a fantastic incentive. It is the best incentive that we are aware of. And if I were to teach economics for one day, I would discuss only direct incentives like money rather than indirect incentives like prestige, because typically most people are working to increase the economic stability for themselves and their family. Derek, our pop guy, he's right about the numbers. They stayed in the upper 90s for years and years, decades really, but they began to drop slowly starting in the 2010s. And then COVID hit and the numbers plummeted. I asked our economist Ben what was going on. The slow trends down almost exactly reflect inflation. And it's very consistent with a slowly diminished economic incentive. The long-term trend going down, which led to about a figure of 89% in 2018, is suggestive of inflation diminishing the direct economic incentive. Now, the discontinuous jump in 2020 and what seems to be persistent in the up-to-date data, I think is consistent with a habit being broken. So people used to be under the habit of when I get a can, I return it. And that's how I do things. And I have a specific bag where I keep cans. But we know from research that breaking a habit, it's much harder to then pick it back up. I had another thought here, too. It's harder to make a return these days because of how sophisticated the machines are that accept that return. Here is Kevin DeGrood. He owns North Center Brewing in Northville. Now that they have definitely cracked down on like barcode scanning and you can't take them to any old place now, you know, if you bought something at Meyer and you try to take it back to a Kroger, you know, the machine spits it back out. So it's definitely not as convenient as it used to be. I understand why they do it the way they do it. So places aren't losing money. When you get stuff from small breweries like us, the place you buy it from is the place that gives you the deposit back. So I would say in the uh, probably six or seven years that we've had canned beer to go, I've probably returned maybe $10 worth of deposits, if that. So you're telling me that in the time you've had cans, you've taken in about 100 of them in six years? That's probably a, an aggressive estimate. People don't really take them back. In doing this episode, it seemed to me that the bottle deposit law was failing. But Dr. James Hines says not so fast. And he would know. He's a professor of economics at the University of Michigan. I mean, in fairness to the legislature, it's worked remarkably well. Mm -hmm. I mean, as you say, you know, high 90s, that's amazing. So, like, it's been an amazingly effective system up to now. As you say, the numbers have fallen off quite recently. I mean, 
We're still in the 70s, which is, you know, it's a lot lower than it used to be. On the other hand, it's pretty good. But you do have to ask, like, are you willing to put up with, uh, you know, a higher tax rate? It would work if you did it. You make that number high enough, for sure it will work. Again, to go back to what the legislature did, remarkably effective what they did. You know, the 10 cents got people's attention and it really worked. But that was a policy from the 70s, you know, and so, like, got to update things. Here's the deal. If we want something, the odds of it just being handed to us are slim. In fact, when I was talking to James, it reminded me of another big gripe here in Michigan. People say, oh, these roads are terrible. Then the orange barrels come out and people say, wait, that's going to inconvenience me. I don't (laughs) want that to happen. Don't do that. And so if we want certain things done, we have to be willing to do certain things to make those things happen, right? Absolutely. We all benefit from the beautiful environment in Michigan, but it comes at a cost. Like, let's just be realistic about things. I'm not saying it's not worth it. I'm just saying, you know, it's not free. And the bottle law is part of that. The environment doesn't keep itself. And people are not good about always recycling their stuff the way that they should. And so this is a great backstop for that. But it does mean consumers have to bear some of this cost. And that's a real thing. And, you know, the more squirt you drink, the more you pay. So if we want to improve the numbers, what should we do? I asked Ben what the economics say we should do. If we compare Michigan to, say, our neighboring states in the South, Illinois, Ohio, Indiana, all three have redemption rates in the high teens or low 20s for bottles and cans. This suggests that at least the effect of increasing incentives has a strong effect. Whether we can ever get back to the rates that we saw in the early 90s, I'm not certain. I think that Michigan may have been an outlier because if you look at other states with comparable bottle return bills, such as state of Oregon, it is in the low 80s for redemption rates. So I'm not entirely sure how you would get back to those Numbers in the 90s absent dramatically increasing the redemption to something like, say, you know, 40 or 50 cents. There's talk right now in Lansing about expanding the deposit law, adding all non-carbonated drink containers to the list except for milk. I wonder if the answer maybe is to just do nothing. While the law doesn't work the way it used to, it sounds like it still works pretty well. Or maybe we should change the way bottles and cans are returned. Maybe it should be easier. Regardless of the answer, that deposit... It remains your dime. Today's big thanks go out to Derek Bajima, Dr. Ben Bushong, Kevin DeGrood, and Dr. James Hines. Check out WWJNewsRadio.com for the top local news stories on demand 24-7. Do you want the Daily J delivered right to you? All you have to do is text WWJ to 20357 and you'll get it instantly. Message and data rates may apply. I'm Zach Clark, and this is The Daily J. Thanks for listening.